You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce saying, Joyce, we had our first nominees, I feel like, of the year. The Gotham Awards. Yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah. Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. We're recording <laughs> this on Wednesday. We just had them on Tuesday. Uh, love it so much. We, we now have, I don't know, a data point? One data point? Is it though? Not really. It, no, not really. So no. a lot of movies, if you're over, I think it was a budget... They changed it. it. It used to 35. be 35 million, and now it's 35 to get everything everywhere all at once in there. Obviously. Right. So they kind of fudged the numbers, but that still leaves a lot of movies on the out. So if you were looking for like any any of these, I don't know, a lot of them are not not would not qualify. Fablemans or like uh, white any, noise. Anything with a budget over 35 million. It's a lot of movies, but not all of them, including everything everywhere, Joys, and our new fa- film Twitter's new favorite movie. Uh, after Sun, which did extremely well. I don't, I wouldn't say it's new. I think it has been their favorite movie for like six weeks. I gotta say, we'll talk about, so the Gotham Awards, we'll just brief, before we get into that, uh, five nominations for Tar, four for After Sun. Uh, we'll do Best Feature and then we can get into like a little bit. The F- after Sun was a nominee for Best Feature, The Cathedral, uh, Dos Estaciones, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Tar. Those are the five movies for Best Feature. Now these are judged by film Twitter people, it seems. A lot of the the juries were uh Yeah, there are enough. juries. It's it's in the press release. They they list every they're yeah. very transparent. Um yes. so they usually the the juries usually do like two categories. Um yeah. So, so yeah, it's like different groups of people for the categories. And then for the winner selection, it's another group of juries so the nominating committee for best first feature if you're hearing that and we're like i don't think that was good here direct your complaints to this group of people including justin chang from the los angeles times k austin collins from rolling stone david ehrlich from our our pals indie wire uh jessica kang uh jessica kang from a freelance critic who's written for a bunch of places and allison wilmore from ultra so they did best first uh, best feature excuse me and best screenplay which i guess i could read off if i could scroll back up uh we're not screenplay uh People were very um, upset about everything, everywhere's snub there. So it didn't get in there, but here are the movies that got in for best screenplay to give you a sense of what was eligible then for best feature that didn't get in there. And it seems like this group definitely spread the wealth, I would argue. Uh, After Kang, Armageddon Time, Catherine Called Birdie, Tar, and Women Talking were the nominees for screenplay. So Women Talking didn't get a feature, but it got the screenplay. Armageddon Time, similar screenplay, but not feature. Uh, So there you go. Uh, After Sun, not a screenplay nom. But uh, first, a breakthrough director nom for Charlotte Wells and the feature, and then two acting nominations for Frankie Corio and Paul Mescal. You're saying last six weeks, it is a popular pick. I got to say, that premiered at Con. Can? Con? What do we call it now? Can. Can. Premiered at Can. And uh, people really liked it. And then it played at Telluride, and I saw it there. Solid movie. And then I feel like in the last, I thought like in the last two weeks, people are like, this is the greatest movie ever made. Uh, and it should get a stealth nomination for Best Picture, and it's going to be a big contender. Yeah, well, that's because it uh, opened last week, too. Yes, yes. So more people saw it. Yes. So that's why. But yeah, it's a uh, film Twitter's favorite movie. So so there it was at the Gotham Awards. So anything here, Joy, so obviously Everything Everywhere and Tar are the movies that we would say most seriously have Best Picture aspirations, assuming Everything Everywhere would be the favorite here and probably win. 
Not that we have to do Gotham. Um, I mean, you know, again, a different group of people will be selecting the winners, like another right. group of five people. So who knows what their tastes True. are? So um, sure, you would probably lean everything everywhere or tar, I would say. Yeah. Um, and but I just want to say, you know, like no reason to overreact to any of these because people love to overreact. Again, it's like juried and a lot of films obviously are not eligible either. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Like it's good. Like for, like if you're like a fringe contender, I, I would say, and if you end up winning, it's good for visibility. Correct. But so we were doing like, this like for like tar and like everything everywhere. It's like okay, congratulations. It's just expected almost. Yeah, it's just another. It's a way to say I got nominated for something, right? Like yeah. you said, a lot of times it's like great to be nominated or show you're winning something. Last year, if we we didn't even, I barely just remember talking about these last year because this is a list from last year. If you're like, what was nominated last year? The Lost Daughter, which won, Green Knight, Passing, Pig, and Test Pattern were the nominees. So not a lot of uh, crossover there, Joyce, between the Oscars and the, the Gotham Awards. No, I mean, like, as expected, obviously, because of their budget limitations. Um, and last year was also the first time they did their gender-neutral yes. categories. And this year we have it again. So the nominees for lead performance... Just one winner here, Joyce. I have I have issues. Well, with last this. year they had two winners. They had a tie last year. So they had a tie. Maybe they'll have a tie again. But this year there's just one winner. And I don't even think there's a runner-up pick like the LA film critics are doing. I think I don't know one. what they're doing over there. Like just chaos. So it just is like one person, I guess, will win here for lead performance. But the nominees are Kate Blanchett for Tar, uh, Oscar favorite there. Danielle Deadweiler for Till. Uh, Dale Dickey for a love song, which I think was at Sundance and people really liked. Uh, Colin Farrell, not for Banshees, but for After Gang. Banshees of Inisherin ineligible because uh, it, well, it's nominated an in international feature, yes. but it's ineligible for these regular categories. Right. Love to make, I love, I love a confusing uh, a rulings. Love it. It's great. No, I mean, like totally valid. You want it to be an American production, but you know, they still found a way to nominate Colin Farrell, which is all that matters. Uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Paul Mescal for After Sun, Dendi Wee Newton for God's Country, Aubrey Plaza for Emily the Criminal. Joyce, I've been watching the White Lotus screeners. Are you, are you on? Uh, I have not started those, no. I gotta say, great show. Aubrey Plaza, love her so much. So this, if this is a, Emily the Criminal, I maybe I'll check it out. I have not seen it, I gotta say. Uh, Taylor Russell for Bones and All, which I love. Her favorite movie. She's awesome in it. Uh, and then Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. So if we had a tie here, I think it would be a three-way tie between Kate Blanchett, Daniel Denweiler, and Michelle Yeoh. I mean, that would definitely happen at the Critics' Choice Awards. <laughs> <laughs> well, last year it was Olivia <laughs> Coleman and Frankie Faison. So um, no, like they'll they'll go with one. Say, this is an interesting. I would love to. This is like a fun exercise. I don't know, but like putting up like Kate versus Brendan Fraser. We haven't seen the whale, but I'm like, it is fun to think of like all of them just competing against each other for the one great performance of the year. Well, uh, I mean, yeah. Cause, but like my, my thing with gender neutral categories is like, I'd rather like, if you're going to do them, just have five nominees. I don't need this 10 nominee stuff. Or do two winners, I guess. No, I don't, I don't need two winners, but just do like the five nominees and one winner. <laughs> Because they're they're trying like they're everyone's trying to have their cake and eat it too, right? Like we right. we're it's it you know it's not separated by gender now, but we're just gonna expand it from five to ten because then right. there's no reason for feature and screenplay and director to not have ten either, you know? Right, everything should be ten, right? If you're yeah. gonna do it, uh, and then supporting performance choice, I gotta say a lot of these I was like hyped for, especially one because I was like, oh look, I I feel like vindicated a little. 
but you could also because you got one in here too. But uh, Jesse Buckley for Women Talking, uh, Raul Castillo for The Inspection, Hong Chow for The Whale, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, Nina Haas for Tar, Nomi Merlant in Tar. That was one I was psyched for because she is awesome in the movie, and I know she disappears. And Nina comes in, but I really did think that she could be a. I mean, Nina a, came in before she disappears. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh, Kia Kwan for everything, everywhere, all at once. Mark Rylance for Bones and All. Gabrielle Union for the inspection, and Ben Wishaw for Women Talking. So they went with two women talkings. They still went one man and one woman instead of Claire Foy or Judith Ivy or any of these other women in the supporting category. That I found a little surprising. Foy, yeah. So I guess you know if if you're like a Claire Foy fanatic you could be freaking out but i would say don't none of these i think are freaking out level I, for me it's not even uh, the only thing i would say about this is like it's just like i like i said it's good to get nominated for something and if people are like oh like no people like Nomi merlant or brian tyree henry here or raul castillo and gabrielle union who had some light buzz around them but maybe now that they're nominated for something at least one person would say oh boy i better check that out or i gotta re reconsider my thoughts on this right like that's what you'd hope at least yeah exactly um and I guess like if you if you are going to try to read into like Claire's snobby because you know everyone's still kind of like oh it's going to be her Jesse like you know most people including us are predicting both of them to get into Oscars but then it's like it will there be a consensus between the two of them so you could use this to be like oh it might be Jesse and I thought but like, I would still, again, it's still like five people selecting this. So yes, let's see, let's see we could call out there on that group. Uh, <laughs> so leads of warning performances were Robert Daniels, film critic for RogerEbert.com, uh, John Froch, reviews editor for Hollywood Reporter, Tim Grierson, <laughs> Thomas Laffley, and Brian Tellerico. So there you go. Yeah, That's a good group. I mean, these are all good people. So it's like, this is fun. Yeah. And I mean, you know, last year, this is uh, where Troy Kotzer uh, started his it's true uh, win streak because he won this and a bit of an upset really I mean not I there are, he, he was like kind of low-key for a while like everyone was just like you know loved him in it like could he get in just hovering in that like bubble area so this was like his first like big award includes, yeah you know I definitely think I took him more seriously after he won this yeah but I also remember last year of remember mass Yes. Last year and how everyone tried so hard to make that happen. Um, they, the only mass actor they not, Gotham nominated last year was Reed Bernie, our right. fave succession guest star. Great, great actor. Love him so much. He's also in the menu, Joyce, which I haven't seen yet, but I know you saw I have him. seen that and he's great in it. He has a, a big moment in it. Great. I can't wait. I mean, if, I don't know who, like, I guess if you're looking at this and like, uh, who would win here, who would be like the, the Troy Kotzer of the supporting list? Maybe Gabrielle Union, I think could end up if Gabrielle Union wins something, all of a sudden, I think she'd be like a very serious contender. I've not seen the inspection, but all the reviews out of like, I guess, New York for sure, were like that she is, you know, it's a really great transformative performance and something we haven't seen from her before. And she is such a beloved, I feel like, Hollywood figure that you could see an easy campaign mounting around that, right? Like, I could see that happening. Um, I would actually, if, if you're not going to count like Jesse... Hong and no Kwan and like Ben Wishaw, like the expected people, yeah, or even like Nina Haas. Um, I would say Brian Tyree Henry, and that's not just because I just saw Causeway today. So I think he's another one who I would say, again, great reviews out of the TIFF, a beloved actor who feels like, yeah, like just... I think I've said this before, like he's someone like people are waiting to nominate, yes, with the right vehicle. 
And he was amazing in, I mean, he had like nascent buzz, I feel like for Beale Street when that was around, but he just had the one scene and kind of like and hard to get into one scene. He did not really care about Beale Street. Outside right. of- Real shame. Beale Street is so good. <laughs> I know. And the score, oh, for tell. The score is amazing. Everything about it is a level up, I feel like, for Moonlight. Honestly, it's so good. Mary Jenkins did such a great job and just nobody cared about it except for Regina, Props. who rightly won. But oh man, what a great movie. It's so good. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, um, but Brian is really great um, in Causeway. And yeah, I could, I mean, you know, like, like J-Law didn't get in, in lead. Um, right. So, and it's, it's just, he has a couple of really good scenes, obviously, you know, I think, yeah, m- m- all of his scenes are opposite her. Yeah. Really. Um, but yeah, it's just a really subtle, affecting performance and uh i like i love like effortless performances and like this movie is full of them and he's a, if, if you watch that movie um it's in limited release this friday and yeah. then it hits apple next friday yes uh i think you would be really taken by both of them i'm uh i'm seeing it on friday we're recording this on wednesday i'm, I'm excited now i'm excited to hear and it's say, only 92 minutes guys uh Love Ryan Tyree Henry. He was, he's having a great year. Uh, he's on Atlanta, obviously. He's so good on Atlanta. I just love him on Atlanta. And he was great in Bullet Train, which is a fun movie. He's so good in that as well. Uh, he's just a great actor. And like you said, I think people are waiting for the right moment. And it's early. I mean, like we've been focused on like a lot of the same folks, right? From the same movies for this category, supporting actor. It would be tough. Like it's probably tough nowadays to be a lone nominee, right? Because of how... Seeing yeah, that, that's is. my hesitation in um, predicting him for the Oscars right now because we saw, we've seen what happened to J-Lo with Hustlers, but you could also blame that with like people being snobs and not taking J-Lo seriously. Right. But then last year it happened to Ruth Nega, a former nominee, sure. great reviews. Um, she was also nominated at Gotham for mm-hmm. passing, right? Yeah, um, yeah, she won like a bunch of stuff uh, and she got in at SAG of all places. <laughs> Right. Um, and she was definitely going to be a low nominee and was snubbed in the end. So, yeah, it's tough. I mean, like, that's why, I mean, if he wins this, then I guess maybe then people start taking it seriously, but it's going to be, it is difficult to imagine a low nominee. I, it's not fair. It feels like a lot of this is like the Emmys, right? Where it's like, they've watched three yeah, shows. It's, it's, there's too many things and it's like, it, you need the visibility of your film too, or your project. Right. So the I hope is that like because it's on Apple, people watch it. I would say like another person I'd like flag here as like a possibility is Mark Rylance in Bones and All, not just because it's my favorite movie, but I'm like, I it's a strange, just really big swing. He is so ridiculous in the movie and also really scary and like really just doing a thing. And but that's that's another one where I'm like, they need to watch it. And I could see some people just completely ruling it out. Yes, I think that's true. And that's the risk. But if they do watch it, I think he'd be have like, I feel like he was. I honestly think he was like in the five to 12 range last year for don't look up, even though I don't think that was like the most widely liked performance. And this is just so much better. And I think I his performance is so much better. I don't know. I just could see him like there could be an enthusiasm for him or like if and if the movie had another nomination, it could be like again they have to watch it but like score there's like other possibilities for nominations screenplay maybe is adapted screenplay or whatever but those are the people i would look at here and if one of them actually won because really i mean who would be the favorite here to win in this gotham list of actors 
Jesse Buckley. Know, but before we get to that, like I feel like with Mark Rylance, who I love, um, but ever since he won, if, like we've all been trying to get him the sophomore nomination with like we just keep predicting him for stuff and he doesn't get in like for Dunkirk which I, I like I don't really think he was getting in for that but you know he was like the prediction for everyone as like the acting representative um and uh trial of Chicago 7 um and like you said don't look up so it's like we're just like trying to make him happen for like the sophomore. I, I feel like of those Dunkirk would have been the most easy one to predict because yeah. the movie was like an obvious best picture nominee and stuff, but like or contender. But yeah, um, this one is but good. But yeah, you know. this I, you know, I could see Kiki Kwan winning. Um, I could see Hong Chao winning. I could see that happening too. I think Kiki Kwan would be like the favorite, I guess. Yeah. People, I mean, the 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 enthusiasm around him is just he has a I think story. Unrivaled at this point. And I feel like he has got to be the favorite because of that. A couple, one person I saw who was not nominated here, Joyce, which I, I knocked him out of my list is uh, Jeremy Strong. Not because of the Gotham Awards, but I just had to give up the ghost. Oh, so you updated your Oscar prediction. I did. I did update them. Who did you replace uh, them with? Here, let me look. I'm going to look now. Hang on. Actually, I should, you know, I was thinking about putting in Barry Hewan. So I think I'm going to do that. I did actually put in Barry Hewan for mine. So while we're on this subject of supporting actor, you're doing a live update right now. I, I have Brendan Gleeson for Banshees and I have him winning. I have Ki Kwan uh, for Everything Everywhere and I have him second, though I could see uh, him winning very easily. I, I, and I'm not going to hold myself to these picks here on October 26th. Uh, Paul Dano for Fablemans, I still think could get in. Um, I took out Judd Hirsch as well. I just, I think it's hard to get in with the one scene. I just do. Um, yeah, I don't. So my, I might drop him to get Barry in. And then I have Eddie Redmayne and Barry Keoghan. Eddie would be a lone nominee too. So he's got to be like close to the bottom for me. I just think it would be a tough beat, but I'm just sticking with the idea that no one campaigns like Eddie Redmayne. Loves it. Oh my God. He loves it, Joyce. He is so excited to do it. It's not even like phony. He just absolutely no, loves it. No, we talked about this. Was it last week? Or yes. I don't he know loves it. it. Like he so, genuinely loves this. He so. genuinely loves it. And yeah. I think people respond to him in ways that they don't do other actors. And I do think it's a good performance. So I, I don't know. I have him in and I have Barry Keoghan. And I think, I think Banshees could get the two nominations there. Okay. So I'm going to make two changes right now. Let me hear. Okay. So I was gonna drop brad for brad pitt for barry but then i would have double fablemans and double banshees and then kihi kwan which would be wild right so i'm dropping brad so barry and now and i'm also gonna drop judd and i'm gonna put in ben wow so i know twist ben back in i don't even know if i had him and maybe i did maybe like two months ago i did but sure yeah i don't know i just i because I, like, Barry is, like, half of a hope addiction, but I do think, like, he can happen if people watch the movie and love, like, because he, he probably has the most heartbreaking scene in the movie, Barry, opposite um, Carrie Condon. He's amazing in the movie. I mean, like, I said this to one of my friends, it's absolutely the first performance of his that I've unequivocally loved. Like, he plays, like, not the most likable characters often, or, like, you know, I think he was, yeah. like, little, like, it's... It's just so charming, I think, in this performance. He's just incredibly likable. 
Yeah. Um, so, and like, you know, the movie opened and limited over the weekend and did really well too. So uh, I think, so I'm going to have Banshees as my double supporting. I still have Kiki Kwan at first because I, I think he could end up being sort of like Troy, just like the likable guy that like everyone loves and he could end up being like the locked acting win of the year because we I can... have no idea what's happening in supporting actress and actor and actress we could have a mix of winners and like all the precursors too but I feel like he could be like the one constant I think that's probably accurate and I don't think it would be wrong I, he definitely the other thing is that it's a it's a it's not a lead performance, but he's obviously like in it a lot. You know, it's not like yeah. a fraud, but like he's a major, he's the male lead of the movie at the very least, right? And like he is, uh, has a gets to do a lot and the story is irresistible. I mean, it's just, is he so charming? There was a New York Times article we were talking about, I think not last week, but maybe on Slack and how everybody just really loves him. Uh, and well, yeah, because, but also because he has, he has like multiple narratives going on because obviously it's the comeback to but then the nostalgia factor like he's part of people's childhoods like ours. I, I actually put on last night when I was I, I watched a movie uh, and then I had put I had some time before I fell asleep and I was like put on I saw Goonies was on HBO Max and I threw it on and uh you know it's great Goonies I still think it's good I don't know people hate it now I guess or there's I haven't a weird... watched Goonies in a while but I I watched it a few times when I was younger <laughs> I watched it when I was younger and it's like a lot of it is like so ingrained but he's great uh he's so it's like so uh just very charming and winning and all, all the kids I'd say he is like maybe I mean he's certainly the most professional <laughs> I guess it's like I mean like Corey Feldman, God love him, and like uh, is not like they're like kid act. You know, it's like they are kids and they're acting, but like he feels like he's uh, really the most professional of the kids. I just found his performance like really natural in a way that I think you see in everything everywhere too. He just has a charisma on screen that feels very uh, authentic. Yeah, and then he has a lot of very just emotional moments too. Um, and then you know he has like the line of the movie that everyone loves as well. So it helps to be a meme sometimes, so. Yeah, so, um, and I mean, I mean, like you mentioned Troy, I think it's like the, the the moments I think that people, like the emotional moments and like the stuff that Troy won with last year is like the, the scene with like him on the truck with uh, Amelia. And that is a moment I think people really remembered for regardless of like the comedy of the performance or whatever, it was like that scene basically won him an made Oscar. Made them cry, yeah. Right, and it's like, you know, I think we could see the same thing here. So maybe I'll switch him. I just said I have Brandon. Maybe I'll switch by the time we're done with this all. Brandon in second. Sorry, Brandon Gleason, if you're watching this. Um, uh, I have so, no backbone. So have you, after this, did you put Naomi Merlot in? No, I have. So you didn't I overreact. Just, I didn't put Naomi Merlot in. Right now I have for supporting actress and we have, uh, I have Carrie Mulligan still in first. I just think that, again, I'm not sure... I think she said it's going to be like a big latecomer. I don't know. It has, like, I just think people, when they see it more, are going to respond to it. I, everyone I've talked to has seen it actually has really liked it. Yeah. And it's like surprised I, they I liked it. I talked to two people. But, <laughs> but I, the other thing is that they're surprised they like it. And I often think that helps because if your expectations aren't like, you know, it's better to be like, wow, that was great. And I'd be like, oh man, I'm a little disappointed. And I think, the lower expectations based on the first trailer or so. Uh, which or just was, like the premise 
in general like when it was announced a lot of people were very um like, like yeah. just kind of like, raised eyebrow maybe of Hollywood yeah. like making a movie about this not, not exactly not totally excited let's say right and then like the first trailer I think was not the best foot forward for what the movie is I would argue diplomatically you know and it's then, hard to cut trailers it is and then to see the movie and be like wow this is awesome so I do think and I think Carrie Mulligan again has a great narrative and people like similar like maybe even a level up from what we were talking about with Brian Tyree Henry I feel like people want to have Carrie Mulligan win an Oscar so I mean, do you mean, because I, I, I feel like with Brian, it's like fans and I get a sense is also like the industry too. Like he's gotten, you know, he's a Tony Ann Emmy nominee. Yeah. Um, but with Carrie, I'm not sure, like love her, but I feel like it's very much, you know, like film Twitter definitely wants her to win an Oscar. I film Twitter wants her to win an Oscar, but I think, I think people really like her though in the industry. I don't know. I could be wrong. I have no idea. I don't talk. I don't know anybody in the industry, Joyce. Do you know anybody? I don't know anybody famous, but uh, you're right. I think there is like a more acclaim for Brian because of like his other nominations and his cross uh, medium uh, thing. Then I have Jamie Lee Curtis, Joyce. Gold Derby fan, Jamie Lee Curtis. She is going for it. She's not going to be coy. Okay. She literally is going for it. Not going to be coy. Like she is embodying the actual she's running meme Joyce uh for this consider uh, consider her please consider she's I mean I would not be maybe her and put her down you know Vanity Fair does these things or even uh, actors on actors with variety where they put two people together put Melissa Leo and Jamie Lee together I don't even know if they've ever met what or does whatever. Melissa even have nothing <laughs> Melissa's promoting nothing no they should do she should do like her interview magazine with Melissa be great Melissa will interview her that's what should happen here's what she wrote she shared on one of our gold derby articles Joyce I'm not going to play coy. I've been doing this a long time. When I say these emphases, that is uh, all caps. This is on Instagram. Yes. We all want to be seen and acknowledged for our work. We are artists. I love everything, everywhere, the movie, and the artists who made it. We love that you supported the work and the art and the message and the meaning that it lifted you and us, that it is about something we are all, all, all in for the long run. And whatever happens in the future, we are it is important and we are open to it. And the article was five reasons why Jamie Lee Curtis could and should earn her first Oscar nomination. I ever in second, I, I mean, like, I definitely think she's going to go far. Um, where is she? Like, in the overall? odds? Yeah. Let's see. It, what was anyone that did it change in the last 24 hours after she posted this? Let's take a look. <laughs> Hang on. Cause I know she was in six plays last week. So she just converged after her Halloween ends press tour. Right. Um, when she basically she's in six game. still in the combined odds behind Hong Chow and Stephanie Sue, Carrie Condon, Claire Foy, and Jesse Buckley, and then uh, Carrie Mulg is in seventh. So I okay. have sixth and seventh winning basically. Um, <laughs> but for the expert, let's see what the that's in combined. I want to see if the experts have been swayed or they're still a little slow on the uptake. Joyce, the update their picks. Uh, she's in fourth among experts, which feels like it's rising. Um. I, I mean, you know, I love that she's just shamelessly going for it. Like, honestly, we need more of this. Like, like far too much these days, everyone's like, they are playing coy about it, right? It's like, oh, I didn't know the nominations were this morning. It's like, oh, you know, like, sure. Like, I don't pay attention to that. But like when we did like Oscars playback, like over the summer, a lot of the winners were thrilled to win. We talked like, about that. When people win, they're just like so demure about it. <laughs> You know? We talked about that with a few. I remember Jeremy Irons being one where he was like psyched. I think, and Kathy Bates also was like very, I think it was the same ceremony. 
And they were both very, very excited. Uh, yeah. Um, and, like we need more of that. It's like, you know, you should be proud of your work and want recognition. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, obviously an incredible Hollywood icon, has roots in uh, Hollywood family, obviously. Um, yeah, I think if you, you get the narrative out there that she's never been an Oscar nominee, which people probably know, but maybe they didn't remember. And she's got this really fun performance in the movie where she's actually with most of her scenes with the best actress, like a lock for a nomination, probably. I mean, I feel like I would be shocked if Michelle doesn't get nominated, though. I've seen some people suggest that maybe she could be like left out because of a lack of enthusiasm. But I don't believe that. No, I think it's very clear that people love this movie. So Jamie can definitely be a coattail. Um, we haven't even mentioned how Stephanie Sue was not nominated at Gotham, but again, five people. I do think that I've moved Stephanie Sue out. I had them both in and I've moved her out. I think she's the best performance in the movie, I would argue. No offense to anybody in the movie, but she is my favorite performance in the movie. And she has to do a lot of the heavy emotional lifting because her it's really about her character's relationship with Michelle. But I think based on the name based on a couple of things i would say i would have her fourth out of the four for a potential nomination just because of the other factors that go into it beyond the performance because you're talking about like the narrative or the like status in hollywood with like someone like jamie lee curtis or michelle yo who have been like doing work for years and like acclaimed work and never nominated i just wonder can stephanie sue get in when she is like a relative newcomer for a lot of people even though she's been been acting for a long time he is a sag winner for marvelous mrs Maisel. yes yes <laughs> um a fun fact i do not have any of those three people we just talked about in because i made no changes to supporting wow. actors even though i've considered putting carrie in but i just i don't know who i would drop for it because i have double woman talking i don't want to drop hong tao or carrie condon or my girl nina haas so I, I, you got to keep Nina Haas because you have her 101, but I yeah, dropped her so. <laughs> and I, I'm on the precipice of dropping Claire Foy, but I really don't know who else I would put in at the moment. I do think the consensus is going to come around Jesse only because she was a nominee. Like, it's like, kind of like, she's a nominee now. You know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, cause I was like, I, it's not that like I want to drop the wrong one. It's just like I there are just valid reasons for both of them. Yeah, you know, it's like I mean, I, who who knows who's wrong or right right now? But it's just like I like I, you know, Claire has like the the louder performance, um, and I I do think you know a lot of people like since she was snubbed for First Man, a lot of people want her to be nominated for this too. So that's like partially hope dicting as well. I mean, she's great in the movie, too. She is. I guess the argument I would have is that if you didn't nominate her for First Man, this is a very, it's in the same zip code, the performance. Yeah. What was her line in First Man? Like, you're just, back, boys. You're just a bunch of boys or something, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> uh, so I feel like it's very, very, very similar performance. And uh, at least on a surface level, right? Like, if you're just like half ass paying attention. <laughs> so uh, I could see her not getting in. The other person I've been trying to figure out how to squeeze in. This is only because people have seemed very excited about their performance is Janelle Monet for Glass Onion. I think I might have her at the Globes. I, I think, think I have her also at SAG. Maybe in SAG. I don't know. I haven't looked at those in a while. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I don't have know. any Glass Onion acting nominations. 
I don't even have it in best picture because I dropped it um, last week. Towards. I have it in best picture and I'm pretty confident that it will get in there. Not I, just I wanted because... to put it back, but I guess I would need to drop Triangle of Sadness to do it. Yeah, I moved on from that one. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say one, here's the difference between, I mean, we were mentioning After Sun before. I think it's really interesting. Triangle of Sadness out of Cannes was like, People, it won the Palme d'Or, obviously. And I feel like everyone was, at least my impression was, man, people really loved it, right? Like it was like one that immediately was like, oh, we got to pay attention to this as like the can slot for the Oscars and Ruben Ostlund and this and that. And After Sun had solid reviews. I knew it premiered there. But then now that we've gone through like the fall, I've heard more people like very mixed on Triangle of Sadness and After Sun through the roof. So it's just is interesting thinking of like how the audience, like the, whatever it is, I don't know. There's the, as people see these movies more, there does seem to be like a little bit of a shift in the thing you know well yeah because like the more people see something obviously there will be more opinions right. and then it's also kind of like who is the loudest too right we're feeling it right now well, for some people don't share their opinions after they see a movie you we know? don't i try not to yeah, I, I don't really um really love it the yeah. only thing i share my opinion on joyce is how much i hate the yankees I've tweeted so much I mean, about the Yankees. Are we going to like surprised. go on a Yankee tour right now? No, I don't need to, but I'm just surprised my account hasn't been like locked or marked for spam by somebody yet. Because it's just all day I'm just trashing them and they're silly but, um, fans. You, you, have a, you have a burner too, obviously. I don't actually, should I have one? I guess I probably should so I could really get- Yankees burner. No, there was something, I was just, <laughs> oh, I, there was like something in, um, like when I'm like my old tweets popped up like the other week and it was like about the Mets. And obviously, oh, it was like about, you know, 86. And I was like, I, I don't need to be reminded of this right now. A great, so. a great franchise and a great team filled with great players. Yeah, so, you know, that fans. was like the messiest ending of a season of yeah. all time. So we knew that was going to happen. But we don't, we don't tweet about, I, I try not to tweet about the movies and stuff, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't have trying to lose that. That was our, uh, that was our baseball detour. Yeah. You can have Like, you know, the world series canceled, obviously yeah. we don't need to follow that at all this time. Um, <laughs> But I don't, what were we even talking about? We were talking about- uh, Oh, Triangle like, of Sadness. Oh, so yeah. I feel like now the, um, I mean, I, I, I still have it in screenplay. I guess you getting in there too. Um, I wouldn't rule out a directing nomination for him either, but I feel like now a lot of the conversation has also shifted to Donnie DeLeon um, for supporting actress, who's great. Um, but I also feel like, I, I don't have her in obviously, since I just said I didn't change anything. Um, like, I feel like she could be just another like film Twitter thing too. Um, but I could see her winning some like critics prizes. Yeah, I can see that too. So, yeah. I, I do have trying to understand it's an original screenplay as well, even though I don't have it in for anywhere else, but um, I'm just having a tough time with original screenplay. It is- uh... Original screenplay has like a top six, a really solid top six. And then it's just like off a cliff. <laughs> So I have it in over Babylon because I'm still not sure what Babylon will be. Um, yeah, I don't have Babylon either. So since I just dropped Brad Pitt, I think I only have Babylon right now above the line in picture and director. So I almost dropped it in director. I did make a change there too, Joyce. I put the Daniels in. Oh, I've had them in. And I took out Todd Field. Interesting. Is, so... I feel like in our odds, uh, the top five are Spielberg, Sarah Polly, Damien Chazelle, the Daniels, and Todd Field, and Martin McDonough is sixth. To me, Martin McDonough should be like second. I do think I that know, I want to put him in too, but I haven't done So it. I have him in and I have Field out, though I could see Field getting in over Chazelle. Uh, 
I'm just not sure. Here's my impression of Tar. I've anecdotally and actually in person, at least one person, talked to people who are uh, of the older group who do not like the movie. Just straight up don't like it. Don't understand it. Don't understand what yeah, the point I think, is. I think older, like some, I wouldn't say all, but like some older people might not understand it. I talked to one uh, a venerated longtime critic. I will not say who. At This is a New York Film Festival. And this person was is a lovely person and was like, did not did not understand the movie and did not think it was very good. And I, I was talking about my take, which is that I think the movie knows that she's, that Lydia is bad at com- being a composer and conductor and that like it's an indictment not just of her but of like the whole world and it's a very cynical movie and they were like that's actually would make the movie a lot more interesting so I was like thank you Todd Field I'm helping you out here uh but <laughs> um so I don't know I'm having heard that at least once or twice and even like Richard Brody obviously famously like trashed it on in the New Yorker famous contrarian famous contrarian but he did not like it I am like is this the slam dunk movie for an older Academy member that I had ex- expected? Cause it felt like one that was like a no brainer because of just the subject and the acting and all these different components. But I'm like, maybe it actually is like, we've talked about how everything everywhere might be polarizing for that group of older voters, but I'm like maybe everything everywhere is just like, there are certain things in it certainly that I think an older person would be like, what in the hell why is there a, a dildo here, a, dildo, a butt plug statue or whatever it is, but uh, maybe would be like wrapped up in the story and the emotions and maybe Tar, they're like, what is this? And I'm not connecting with it. I have no idea, but I'm just like, if there's a world where Tar kind of gets dinged, maybe it's Todd Field here for one of these other five, though I don't know if Damien just like Babylon, if Babylon doesn't work, I think I would put Todd Field right back in. I don't think they would like I don't think the loss would come in director because like like they're so highbrow here anyway right that's like their choices and their snubs but I feel like all of these are high I'm like this is the problem too is like are aren't aren't a lot of these highbrow I mean like the Daniel would you say the Daniels are highbrow or no oh I wouldn't say that's highbrow just because of like the genre of it I I feel like it's inventive but they're it's like that's not a traditional movie right by any means um so yeah like I don't know because like I've like I know more regular people who've seen everything everywhere than tar um which opens wide this weekend so we'll see how it does (laughs) to a general audience um but like honestly like every every regular person I know who's seen everything everywhere wide age range like people my age older people too like they just think it's fine like no I don't know I don't I don't personally know anyone who loves that movie like the internet does so I I 100% same people do too (laughs) that's actually true my wife loved it she was like uh, very my wife an author choice I don't know if you know this uh, wrote a book Uh, tell me more about her book coming out about bring it on you can order on Amazon comes out in December uh Case Wakeman wrote it if you're googling um and she loved the movie she really loved everything everywhere and I thought it was fine and then most of the people I've talked to have thought it was fine. No one, and this is another reason why I think it will go very far and could be our best picture winner in the end. No one I know dislikes it. It is a very consensus. Yeah, eat, like no, like know? none of them hated it, but it was just like, you know, the effusiveness that you, if you go online, you see- Letterbox. Yeah, yeah, Letterboxd. Letterboxd is a favorite yeah. movie. Um, like the, like my real circle, not that that means anything. It was like, they were just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, and I, 
like literally like two weeks ago I was talking about this with my friend um who had seen it and then um and I don't know we were just like talking about like the Oscars or like it just came up that way and then he, he was like shocked that it was even in a conversation right for the Oscars like he was like totally fine with like Top Gun being in a conversation but he was like really like everything everywhere <laughs> like I mean yeah it is though it's a yeah. top contender it's gonna get like yeah. 10 nominations choice and multiple acting nominations it, you know it just depends on what they like so it they seemingly like this movie yeah so, yeah um, um yeah it's a fun movie and i'm all for originality so it could definitely win original screenplay so i think that it could too but i guess we'll we'll see any and let me like linear any other moves i made best actress we've talked about a lot uh, Best actress i did nothing same. i did nothing to actress or actor did you Man, I still have Tom Cruise in there for actor. I don't know what to do here. I think there's an, a, now another renewed push for Hugh Jackman in The Sun. He got a variety cover, I believe, variety today. Variety cover today, yes. Um, you know, I don't know. I'll tell you what, a Paul Mescal or an Adam Sandler, I'm not counting them out. Adam Sandler's doing work for Hustle, Joyce, on Netflix now. We didn't even like, uh, mention this as part of the Gotham Awards. He's getting a tribute. He's getting tribute at the Gotham Awards. Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams as well. Yeah. Uh, Adam Sandler, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. I'm unfortunately not able to attend. They're doing screenings tonight where a Q&A with Adam and Drew Barrymore and then Jimmy Fallon. He no, did a, I was like, it, it's two, two different two, ones. Two, two different ones. And then he did uh, one early, I think on the West Coast with Henry Winkler. People love Adam Sandler. And I don't think this is going to get an Oscar nomination, but I think it could show up at the Globes. <laughs> I definitely think that, I feel like. Did you put him in the Globes? I did. Okay. Let well, me take a look. Speaking of globes, do you know yeah. who I need to put in or I should put in? Ticket to Paradise. <laughs> so we both have Ticket to Paradise. I'll tell you what, I updated Ticket to Paradise and uh, I, I updated my globes with, uh, let me just hear a quick look. Hang on. I don't know if I'll put it into picture, but I'll I'll probably, maybe I'll put in Julia and George. I don't even know. Who do I have? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I did not. Let me see. So I saw it last week. Uh, I did not put it in picture. I did put in Julia. And I did not put in George somehow, but I'm going to do that right now because sorry. I'm doing Wait, it. but like George was your favorite. I know. I don't know why I didn't have him in. Why? I thought I updated it and I didn't, I guess I didn't save it maybe because I did think I had him in. Okay, I'm putting in George and Julia. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> so I had a moment. My, 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 uh, my, my Globes, actor and actresses in the comedy and musical joys are, uh, I think the, the correct term would be unhinged. I'll read them off to you here very quickly before we have to wrap up. Uh, for for comedy musical actress, I have Michelle Yeoh, Margot Robbie, Emma Thompson, Julie Roberts, and Leslie Manville for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Um, I, yeah, I have the same thing, right? Michelle, Margot, Emma, Leslie, and Julia. And then for actor, this is like, this would be the greatest Oscar category they would never, but this would be it. Colin Farrell winning, Daniel Craig for Glass and Onion, Tom Hanks for A Man Called Otto, Adam Sandler for Hustle, and George Clooney for Ticket to Paradise. Hell yeah. Now that is a list of actors. Let's do it. Wow. Um, I have Colin, Daniel Craig, Diego Calva, Adam Driver for White Noise, who I do not remember putting in at all. Um, <laughs> apparently I did. Take um, that one and out now George. <laughs> But you know who I do want to put in? Ray Fiennes. From the menu. From the menu. I still haven't seen him. I'm seeing him next week. Can't wait. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's great. Love, uh, George in this movie is so amazing. 
I don't think the movie is particularly great. It's totally fine. We talked about this in our column last yes. week. It's, it, you know, and like, it, yeah, it's, it's like a total, like, middle of the road. Like, in, in, like, it'll never be in, like, the top tier of Julia's no. canon. Um, and, you know, George has, you know, he has one fine day, which is far superior. It to- felt to me like they are at, they are undiminished from their heyday as performers, but they're working with the script that would have been a Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's um, like, this is very rude to How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which is one of my faves. It just, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is not the A list script for the A list movie stars. No. And it, 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 like, after seeing it, it was also kind of like, because they, they talked about like how, like, the script was really what, like, drew them to the project to want to work together again, you know? And I was like, really? Okay, sure. Like, there is some, like, you know, fun lines in there, um, it's here and there. It's funny. I mean, if, yeah. the, if what drew them is the script is we get to bicker and then like get back together, spoiler alert for Pick of the Paradise. Uh, oh my God, no one's ever seen a rom-com before. Uh, I would say great because they get to bicker and they're really fun, like bickering. It remind yeah. a lot of their like, an- like their antagonisms reminded me of like those great scenes, like the electric scenes of them in Ocean's Eleven when they're like at each other's throats, basically. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And I think they do that really well. And Julia specifically does that really well. I mean, like one of her biggest flops was like, I love trouble with Nick Nolte, which seemingly was like a very troubled production and they are like oil and water together. But man, I really liked that movie. I think it was written by, um, who wrote that movie, Joyce? Mm. Nancy Myers, I believe. Let's take a look. Oh, um, yeah, no, we have with, with Charles, right? Yeah. Right, Charles wrote it and Nancy wrote it with him. So it's like got that kind of, it is like a good script and it's like very funny and like a screwball throwback to like the Thin Man or whatever. Um, and George and Julie do that really well and Julie does that really well. So it's like all getting to do all of that is great. Uh, but the movie script is just kind of like, it just could be slightly funnier, I think. I don't know, but I, I've got it in for Globes. Let's go for the Globes. Win yeah, everything. I mean, this is always going to be a Globes play, honestly. Yeah. We, we know that. But it was just, it's, you know, like they're just luminous separately and together. And you just can't buy that chemistry. No. Um, and even, the, even the incredibly forced outtakes at the end are funny, Joyce. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the blooper reel at the end. Great the blooper reel at the end has one part where it's uh, uh, the, uh, another spoiler alert, but they do bloopers at the end of this. Haven't seen that in a mainstream movie in quite a while. Uh, and the a stewardess, an actress playing a stewardess, like knocks into George, and uh, Julia says, "It's okay. We could always get another one." It's great. So just many so funny. We needs to go around. <laughs> just so good. Uh, um, and really you know, shout out to Lucas Bravo, who was hilarious. Um, yeah, and I thought Caitlin Deaver's really fun too. I don't think she looks like she is. She's in her own right, obviously, I'm not like she just doesn't look like she would be Julia and George's daughter. To me, but, you know, according to Julia, she looks like her. She I don't see it. <laughs> I just don't see it. Um, uh, no, 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 knock I, on I Kayla. Like the the main couple, like I didn't really care about that plot line, like their relationship, you know, with Caitlin character. No, but I will say I was impressed that the movie. At one point in the movie, I was like, "This is going to fall into that like." relatively annoying rom-com trap where it's like they're gonna focus a lot on that couple that you don't really care about like no offense this is like we came to see julia and george we did not come to see caitlin deaver and her 
her fiance. And I was like, this movie is going to be like way too much about them. And then it wasn't, it was just about like, George. it does feel like it's well, it, was a, it was a good balance. It was yeah. just kind of like, yeah, like you said, like you're obviously not as invested in that coupling as you are in Julie and George, right. you know? Um, yeah. And like, you know, like they, they, they were good too. So, but it was just the- like, yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Just uh, loved it. So yeah, go see Ticket to Paradise. <laughs> go see Ticket to Paradise. It's great. Um, that's it, Joyce. I think we're going to wrap up here. So this was fun. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about Causeway more because I've seen it then by then. And Living, we'll talk about, I think, right? Because you're going to see it. Yes, I'm going to see Living with my My guy. favorite uh, left me in uh, tears at Telluride. And I was like, okay, when are you not crying? Best picture, baby. Let's go. We'll see if we get can living you, into that. Can you make a list of movies you did not cry at? Uh, it's not that long. Uh, you didn't cry a till. You didn't cry a till. I didn't cry at Fableman's either. Uh, is that really a crying movie? I don't know. Is it? I, I don't think it's a crying it movie. No. no, it was just oh. like enjoyable. It was yeah. funny. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, all right, Joyce, this is fun. Talk to you later. Bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com. Follow us on social media at Gold Derby.